What's up, y'all? Tanner Demling back with y'all again for another episode of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Y'all can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, and leave us a rating. Check out the site, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, y'all, let's get going here. Welcome back to another Lacrosse Bucket podcast. Guest on this week, we have Craig Wendy, goalie for the Rochester Nighthawks. He'll be coming on in about 5'10", oh, 10, 15 minutes from now. But first, before we get to Mr. Craig Wendy, let's take a look back at what went down over the weekend in the NLL. Had eight games, a lot of lacrosse, a lot of fun. One game on Friday, six on Saturday. And one on Sunday. Um, you know, first off, just you know, un- you know, congrats to uh, New York, the Riptide, and Rochester, uh, the Nighthawks, on their first franchise victories. I know that 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 it to me it sounds weird still too saying Rochester first franchise victory, um, but. Yeah, first franchise victory for Rochester and New York over the weekend. Um, so I'll talk about those two games first here. Rochester, they took down Calgary 13-12. to And this was, it. overall, the weekend was a low-scoring weekend. Like the highest goal total we had all weekend. And also... I'm just realizing this. Rochester and New York, both their wins were 13 to 12. Um, and those were the two highest scoring games of the weekend, I believe. Yeah, highest scoring games of the weekend came from both of those teams, um, each, each one 13 to 12. So Rochester, they took down the defending champions, Calgary Roughnecks. And yes, you can, you know, I, it's it's appropriate to say that you know, Calgary is not 100% right now in terms of health, uh, but they still have, do have guys, you know, Curtis Dixon. And this also was, you know, Zach Curry, all, all these guys. This was the first game back for Lee Dutch, his 2020 debut after uh, suffering an injury over the summer. He had to assist in his 2020 debut. Um, and, th- I mean, this one was, you know, a lot of games this weekend were very goaltender heavy at at least one point in the game. Um, this one wasn't so much. I mean, both goaltenders played very well, but in uh, Craig Wendy for Rochester and Christian Del Bianco for Calgary. But, it wasn't so much of a goaltender battle 
as it was in some of the other games is what I'm getting at here. And this was more of a, a back and forth game. And you had stretches where um, teams would go, you know, maybe five, six minutes without finding the back of the net. But this was a constant, pretty much back and forth battle uh, the whole way. Um, initially, Calgary was up four to three. Excuse me. At the end of the first. And then they go up seven to six at halftime. And you know, Rochester, Cali went on went on a couple multi-goal runs. And you know, Rochester, they stayed right there with them. They went on a on a good run there in the second. And Rochester finally put all the pieces together to get this win. And you can see each week they've improved, improved, improved. They finally got that win. Same thing with New York. In New York, it was 2-1 riptide at the end of the first. Georgia, in typical Georgia swarm fashion, they they went on a pretty significant run from about midway through the second through about midway through the third. And... The offense was really clicking on all cylinders. And they they had a nine to five lead heading into the fourth quarter. John Luke Chetner gets a goal twenty two seconds into the fourth uh for the riptide to make it a nine six game. Lyle Thompson then scores. Then to make it ten six Georgia once again. Kieran McCardle gets a goal about five minutes into the into the uh, fourth, and New York just takes that and goes on it on a run, and they eventually they get the eleven to ten lead after two Dan Lomas goals, back to back goals got from Dan Lomas got them the lead. Lyle Thompson scores two straight, and it looked like okay Georgia has this in the bag. But extra, you know, they 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 pulled uh, Alex Bouquet, have get an extra attacker on, and Gail Thorpe at the, literally the last second regulation forces overtime, and then uh, big stop by Bouquet in overtime. Uh, Ryan Fournier, you know, finds Dan McClay, you know, breakout pass up up the floor. Uh, Dan McClay, he was actually being covered, and he kind of stepped back. And honestly, when he when he stepped back, I thought, okay, he's gonna wait, and then gonna get things set up. But he just ripped it, and um, it it, it went in, and uh, they secured their first franchise victory. Uh, so congrats to both New York and Rochester. And as I mentioned, both those teams have been progressing each and every week. It's 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 been great to see and. You know, they now have their first wins of their franchise history. Hopefully, uh, first of many for both of those squads. We also have two undefeated teams still in the league. Halifax 5-0, and New England 4-0. and Halifax, they took down San Diego 8-5. to in what was more of a defensive-heavy game until the fourth. Um, 
you know, it was 2-2 at the end of the first, 3-3 at halftime, 4-4 at the end of the third, and then Halifax just went on a roll um, late late in the fourth. Kyle Jackson got him going, and Stephen Keogh finished the deal, finished the run with three straight of his own um, to secure that fifth win for the Thunderbirds. New England, they beat Philadelphia in an OT thriller at home in the casino. And, like, Philadelphia, I thought, played very well in this one, as did New England. And and this was a a goaltender battle for a good portion of it, and then both offenses kind of got going um, later on in the game. And I don't want to you know, take anything away from New England here, but there were some questionable calls, and I'll be honest, on both ends, um, on both sides, late in the game. And over time, Cal Crawford gets gets that uh, the game-winning goal. Um, Joe Resiteris tied it 7-7, uh, just three minutes, about, just over three minutes into the into the fourth for New England. Calum Crawford, just over three minutes into the overtime period, secures the win for the Black Wolves. And it was a diving goal. They, you know, they reviewed it, and his, you know, the refs said his foot was not on the line. Um, they said it was a good goal. You know, all everything checked out. When you go back and look at it, and I've looked at it multiple times, I'm not so sure that was a good goal. Um, so I'm, you know, obviously there's other opportunities in a game than the very ending to to win, but uh, Philadelphia kind of got a little hosed on that. But um, you know, great ending to a great game. Um, New England is now four and zero on the year in Philadelphia. Still, uh, they got a win on Sunday night, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but they just get get the win there. New England does. You know, it is what it is. Um, some days things go your way. Some th- some days they don't. Um, going back to. Friday night, uh, Vancouver took down Colorado 7-5 in what was a very, very low-scoring game. Uh, Vancouver, you know, I thought both goaltenders played very well, especially Eric Penny for Vancouver. Um, and that's, that was a must-win game for them to get those, I believe, their second win on the season. Now, Colorado took that tough loss in Vancouver on Friday night, and they you know, took that steam and they rolled it over into Saturday and they absolutely rolled the Saskatchewan Rush. Um, 12 to 6 was the final and it, it wasn't, it, honestly, I think that's pretty generous. It was a absolute beatdown from, from the second quarter on. It was all Colorado. Um, Saskatchewan only scored two goals after uh getting up 4-2 to two at the end of the first. Uh, so they go up 4-2. to two. No, they Colorado goes on a 5-0 run in the second. 
2-1 run in the third, 3-1 run in the fourth to secure the 12-6 victory. Uh, Dylan Ward played fantastic in those two games this weekend. He only allowed he only allowed 12 goals. Very, very impressive weekend from Dylan Ward all around in the loss in the win. So big one there for Colorado. They got the entire offense going. Eli McLaughlin was outstanding. Chris Wardle was outstanding. I believe he had five in the win against Saskatchewan. Now looking <clears throat> here, these last two games that we need to talk about before we move on to our interview with Craig Wendy. Buffalo, 10, Toronto, 8. And this is one where I'll give you some background here. Tom Schreiber out for Toronto. Uh, Garrett Billings recently signed a one-year deal with Buffalo. So he was in the lineup for Buffalo. Uh, he ended with one assist. And one, yeah, one assist uh, took three shots in the game. And I mean, this is one. You no, know, we've seen Buffalo. They did it. They did it two weekends ago in Georgia. They did it again this week. They they go on these runs, um, like and against Halifax a few weeks ago when they took that big loss. They went on a big run, but they went on a big run late. It didn't really help them. Um, this time they went on a big run to go up. What was it? More seven five. At the uh, at the half, and they went on a big run in the second, and uh, like Toronto was able to come back. You know, only one goal uh, from each team was scored in the third. Both goaltenders again played very well in this one. Matt Vince for Buffalo, Nick Rose for Toronto. Uh, Buffalo obviously gets the win. They got the last two shots. Buffalo um, for Chris Cloutier and Matt Gilray. Uh, Gilray was an empty netter to secure the win. Uh, last game here, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but Philadelphia 12, Rochester 4. Both teams were coming off of a you know, a very, um, very tough games because so Rochester, they got that one goal win over Calgary. Philly, they took that overtime loss against New England. And they both were coming off games on Saturday night. You know, Rochester just didn't really show up defensively, took a lot of really bad penalties, like really bad penalties. Tensions started to flare up in the second half. We had a couple scrums. Um, go look at the penalty minutes. Like, it's as long as the sheet. Um, 104 penalty minutes in the entire game. Most of those in, like, the last five minutes of the game. I mean, it got pretty ugly there. Um, the, the the crowd loved it there in Philly, but it got pretty ugly near the end. Um, I would not be surprised if we see some disciplinary action uh, handed down to some uh, in, individuals in particular um, after that game uh, sometime this week from the league office. All right, got the weekend recap portion of the show out of the way. 
Now, here's my interview with Rochester Nighthawks goalie, Craig Wendy. Uh, how did you get started in lacrosse? And for you, uh, why did you decide to play goalie? So I got started at a very young age, probably about five years old. I started uh, playing because we were walking around during sports registration, and at the time, lacrosse was free. And um, I just, my dad saw that and decided uh, maybe we should try and put him in it. And uh, back then, you got a stick and everything, and you got the trial. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing lacrosse ever since. Uh, I originally started out playing player, and then uh, – got sick of running so i decided to try and play in net uh to be all honest and that's how i started playing goalie i haven't left a net since and uh yeah i'm enjoying every second of it now that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i know not a lot of people want to hop in and get a ball shot at them uh all the time no but... it's not not the <laughs> ideal thing you probably think would be fun but yeah. uh, i wouldn't think of anything different now, mm-hmm. that's for sure <laughs> now uh you know you uh went into the uh 2012 nll draft didn't hear your name get called uh, you had some opportunities in Washington and uh, Toronto back-to-back years before getting cut in training camp there. You played in the CLL, then the ALL. You know, you bounced around a lot before you finally made an NLL roster. What was kind of your thought process through the whole, through that whole time, and did you ever think that uh, you were never going to make it? Yeah, you know, it was uh, a while after I got uh... – drafted where I finally made a splash in the NLL and during that time you know at times I thought maybe it wasn't ever going to work out for me in all honesty but you know I had a couple opportunities where I could develop uh, via summer ball or Mm -hmm. even like you said the uh, CLACs and the uh, arena lacrosse league where I was able to uh, grow and kind of develop into the style of goalie I am today and you know uh no, last year you uh, got put on the Georgia Swarm practice roster late in the season and then made your NLL debut uh, that last game of the season against Philadelphia. You know, what was going uh, going through your uh, mind uh, as you, know, you took the floor for the first time in the NLL and just what, what did all that feel like? Well, uh, to be honest, walking into the arena, getting prepped to uh, uh, make my debut, it was kind of nerve-wracking walking into the arena. <laughs> And uh, it's like I keep telling everybody, it's like a childhood dream come true. When you're a kid starting to develop into the sport, you think, oh, I can't wait to maybe I can get a shot to be in the big leagues Mm -hmm. one day. And then when it finally happens, I would be be lying to anybody if I said I wasn't like the happiest kid on the floor. That's for sure. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, fast forward to this season, uh, you sound with Rochester. And uh, your first game is against Georgia, who uh, kind of gave you your first big opportunity in the league. Uh, what was that like playing against those guys? Uh, it, they're a good team. I couldn't take yeah. anything away from them. And, uh, you know, it was quite the experience to start my first game in the league. You know, I got a little bit of time the year before, and then to actually start a game was pretty uh, surreal. And then uh, to play against, to obviously to be thrown right at against your former team was uh, – pretty intense the first mm-hmm. time around but yeah. uh you know um it was wasn't the result uh the cinderella story i probably would have liked mm-hmm. to yeah. uh have the, that outcome but you know it just shows you that i've worked hard to get to this point and uh and just to play against them it was uh definitely a 
cool experience. Like I know Mike Poulin pretty mm-hmm. well now, and uh, I was kind of uh, smiling back at him back and forth the whole throughout the game when we were getting water breaks and that. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty enjoyable experience. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> over the weekend, uh, you know, y'all went one and one, but uh, that first win on Saturday night was the first ever win for uh, the franchise, and also uh, your first ever win as a goalie in the National Lacrosse League. Um, you know how special was uh, last weekend? Uh, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, you know the other thing is too to have it happen at home was mm-hmm. a great oh, yeah. experience as well, and it was good for the fan base too uh, that we actually won the first game at home. Mm-hmm. You know uh, when that final buzzer sound there and the, the team came down and uh, basically mauled me at the crease there <laughs> in excitement. It was quite the uh, experience, mm-hmm. and then you know even when we do the. Uh, the victory lap around the arena just to mm-hmm. celebrate with the fans was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, then you, you mentioned the fans down in Rochester. Um, it's only a kind of a unique situation where it's not a new city to the NLL, but it's a new team. How has that uh, fan reception been uh, so far with you guys? It's been pretty, It's to be honest, it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've, uh, for not being the same team that you're, they're used to be uh, seeing in front of them, They've given us a pretty warm welcome, that's for sure. And like I said, we're enjoying every second of being back in Rochester, and uh, they're making it totally memorable for everybody that's playing for them right now. And then, uh, you know, in Rochester, they kind of uh, shocked some people when they put uh, you, Rylan Hartley, and Steve Fryer on the on the roster to start the season. Obviously, only two of y'all active, uh, activated each week. But what is that kind of whole dynamic like? Uh, for you guys and to be kind of a multi-goalie system it's a different experience that's for sure you know uh, i've never seen to be honest i've never seen something like it in mm-hmm. a long time and uh you got three goalies that probably bring different things to the table you got rylan, Hart- rylan hartley that's probably a f- the fiercest uh, competitor as a goalie i've ever met in my life basically right now like he is willing to push anybody to get out of the way to get his chance uh, you got Steve Fryer, that's a veteran, been around the league. He's uh, kind of teaching us kind of the um, the veteran side of things. And then uh, I'm trying to bring what I can to the table for these guys too. But overall, we're pushing each other to uh, be that guy. And uh, it's been a good experience for all of us so far. And then, you know, uh, during the week, uh, you know, the NLL is not like the NHL where you have practice every day with, with the team. You know, what is your – uh, week-like training-wise, especially given uh, that you're a goalie, and that's not something that you can uh, necessarily work on you know, by yourself? Well, basically, to be honest, uh, I work pretty uh, heavily. I'm a car mechanic, hmm. so a lot of my physical activity <laughs> comes at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, after work, I like to try and basically try and stay mobile. It's doing mm-hmm. a lot of stretching and stuff like that. I uh, hit the gym when I can, that's for sure, and uh, – I have a little kid at home now, and uh, I'm trying to do my best to raise her <laughs> in the middle of the lacrosse going on, too. <laughs> nice. And then, uh, you know, I got to go back to September uh, here for a minute. Um, you know, you played for Germany in the World uh, Indoor Championships. had a pretty uh, pretty successful run there. Um, personally, you know, um, you know, what is your connection to Germany, and then how was that whole experience like? So uh, I got involved with German lacrosse back when uh, the European Box Lacrosse Championships came around. 
and I approached about the possibility of being involved with the program and stuff like that. And uh, that's back when I played for them in the European box and had a pretty successful tournament there as well. And I've been staying pretty active uh, part of German lacrosse now. I'm trying to uh, develop some uh, goaltending in uh, Germany now mm-hmm. and uh, kind of help grow their box lacrosse goalie program now. I've actually accepted a staff position now to be the uh, basically the goalie ambassador mm-hmm. in German lacrosse. So that's pretty good experience. And um, I've got I, and I've uh, played two international tournaments now for them and. Uh, just to see the kind of a surreal experience to see the uh, box across uh, program from another's perspective, like internationally now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, I've uh, definitely enjoyed being a part of German lacrosse. That's for sure. <laughs> and then uh, now, you know, you all uh, got that folks win last weekend. You obviously took a loss on Sunday and you have a bye week this coming week. You know, how do uh, you all keep the energy going um, through the bye week and into uh, week, I believe it's nine or ten. Yeah, we, you know, we have uh, some t- practices over the next little bit to try and basically get back into things. But I think the biggest key is the next couple of days that everybody's going to try and recoup, regroup mm-hmm. after a uh, two games in uh, two days, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a big uh, important thing. But uh, yeah, we have some practices ahead of us to try and get back into swing of things, and hopefully we can sneak out another win at Buffalo. I guys want to thank Craig Wendy for coming on the show this week. Uh, wish him and the Nighthawks the best of luck in the future. Coming off that first franchise win. They have a bye week this week with only a few games on the docket. Um, no. Considered how packed last week was, this week we have one, two, three, only five games this weekend. Um, so considered how packed last week was, it's a it's a pretty light week in the NLL. Um, on was that Friday night, I believe. My counter out here. Yep, Friday night we have New York at Philadelphia. Then on Saturday, that well, that one's at seven p.m. On Saturday at 7.30 p.m., San Diego at New York. And then at 9.30 p.m., Buffalo at Colorado. Also have Halifax at Calgary at 9.30 p.m. And then on Sunday, we will have a 1 p.m. Eastern Time game, Georgia at New England to cap off the weekend, week nine in DNLL. Um, no, none of Colorado Buffalo um, looks to be you know, the best game. Well, Georgia and New England and Colorado Buffalo, um, I think right now probably look to be the most appetizing games there. Uh, can make a case for Halifax, Calgary as well. I uh, love watching. Both of those teams play. Uh, should be a decent week in the NLL. The game of the week will be New York at Philadelphia on Friday at 7 p.m. So that one is free. 
to watch on Twitter, Facebook, and BR Live. All the other games are behind the BR Live paywall. Now, getting into some news and notes here before we wrap things up on this episode of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Gotta go to the pro field game where there's been a lot of movement over the past week. Um, Literally like the day after I recorded last week's podcast where we had uh, Chaos Head Coach Andy Towers and Chrome Head Coach Tim Sudan on. Two head coaches stepped down in the MLL. One that night. Uh, Liam Banks stepping down as the Blaze head coach. The Blaze will be moving to Philadelphia, according to reports. And then Dave Cottle stepping down as the head coach of the Chesapeake Bayhawks. Tom Miliano, who is an assistant with the Bayhawks and is the current head coach of Pace uh, Division II school, is also the assistant athletic director there. Uh, he was also the head coach of the Florida launch from 2017 until the team folded last spring. So he will be taking over as the head coach of the Chesapeake Bayhawks, and all of this coming after the announcement or the news that the league would be um, moving to a one, a single entity Ownership model, so no franchises. The league owns all the teams. All the teams are moving to the East Coast. Chesapeake will be the most southern team, according to what I have gathered um, this fall. Looks like the boys are moving to Philadelphia. Denver is out. Dallas is out. I don't know where those two teams are going to go. Charlotte is still in question because they say they're coming back in 2021. But if you want to make a Northeast model, I mean, to me, Annapolis is as far below the Mason-Dixon line that y'all want to go. Um, If you really want a true Northeast model, you want an East Coast model? Fine. If you want a Northeast model? You gotta go a bit higher. Um, so keeping Charlotte in the decisions, I don't know if that makes much sense. You know, compared to what they're saying. Um, but we'll see as things unravel. Um, also concerning the PLL, we uh, will have a another announcement from the league. I'm recording this on Monday, so nothing has come out officially as of yet, uh, but I do believe they will be heading to Stony Brook University on Long Island the weekend of June 13th, which would be their third weekend of the season. They have already announced stops in Boston or Foxborough um, and in Atlanta or Kennesaw. So they have already announced stops there. Jungat Stadium, which is where the New England Patriots play and where they started the uh, season last year, 
And then at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, which is on the campus of Kennesaw State University in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is about, you know, just for some geography reference here, it's about 50 minutes northwest of Atlanta. So you're looking at a map. Looking at Atlanta, is no, it's up into the west um, a bit, probably about like 30 to 50 minutes from Atlanta. Um, obviously, Atlanta traffic, uh, you have to take that in consideration, but about 30 to 50 minutes um, is you know, lo- looking on Google Maps or whatever is what they say it is from Atlanta, so they'll be going there week two, and it appears they will be heading to Long Island for week three at Stony Brook University. Moving to some NCAA notes here, um, as we know, the NCAA season starts on February 1st. We've had some scrimmages and things of that nature over the past weekend. Colgate and Jacksonville scrimmaged down in Tallahassee, and we had North Carolina and Navy down in Jacksonville over the weekend. Four scrimmages, Maryland and Vermont scrimmaged. So a lot of action taking place now in the NCAA in terms of scrimmages with games just a few weeks away. The biggest news coming out of in of in, in the NCAA ranks right now is uh, Johns Hopkins defenseman Jack Lapine leaving the program. Uh, He is expected to finish his degree at Johns Hopkins. He's a senior, but he has left the program. Um, Reasons why are unknown. Um, And, like, I'll say this. So, last year with Ryder Garnsey, when he was declared ineligible, he could, you know, this is obviously a different situation where he actually left the program uh, well, Garnsey didn't, and he ended up playing uh, at the end of the year. So, Ray Pine could potentially um, you know, redshirt this year, essentially, um, since he left the program. And I don't know what, what all that process would be, but he could possibly come back for a fifth year somewhere else next year uh, or go and try to uh, make it at the pro game, and you know, I, I would I would expect him to probably not get drafted from either league. Um, if he does, it'd probably be really late. And again, same reason because last year with Ryder Garnsey, we didn't know what was going to happen with him, so that's why he wasn't taken. Um, I don't believe he was taken in either league. Uh, ended up going in the PLL player pool and. Redwoods were able to get him, and he did wonders for them last season. Last bit of news here of a quoting, uh, as I mentioned on a Monday night. Some, you know, big news, I guess, um, out of... Long Island. Miles Jones has signed a protected practice player contract 
with the New York Riptide. He's going to be a practice player, but that's pretty big. Um, if he and he he's been to some of the U.S. Uh, box training camps and all of that uh, with Reggie Thorpe, who's the U.S. men's box coach and is the head coach of the New York Riptide. And Miles is a Long Island native. So, it's possible that we see him this year? No, probably not. Possibility that we see him in the NLL in the next year or so? I mean, there's a chance now. He's put pen to paper as a practice player. There's a chance. And I, th- I know, I think that would be whole lot of fun to watch Miles Jones go to work in between the boards. I mean, just knowing what kind of player he is on the in on the field, uh, taking that inside and in, in the box. I mean, I think he would do uh, fantastic. And you look at some of the other field guys that have done that and have success with it. Uh, Tom Schreiber, Matt Lambeau, Trevor Baptiste. Obviously, as a faceoff guy, it's it's a bit different. Um, but he is starting to to find more of his rhythm as a you know, offensive threat. He had was it two goals on Sunday, and he's been uh, having some assist and things of that nature. I believe he scored in like three or four of the past five games. Uh, Baptiste has so he's been doing very well for himself this year. Um, obviously, Joe as a terrorist. I'm, Thinks by the, the and Joe Walters are probably two of the biggest American box names that come to mind uh, personally for me. Uh, just would be awesome to see Miles Jones in between the boards, suiting it up in the NLL for the Riptide, and him being a Long Island guy, just like Kieran McCardle. That fan base would kind of rally around that. So it would be exciting to see, but probably not going to happen anytime soon. But there's a chance. All right, guys, that is all for the Cosmic Podcast this week. As always, you know, iTunes, Pod, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe, you know, give us a rating, all, all of that jazz. Uh, check us out social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. Y'all have a great week.